Welcome to the Backwards Infect at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? I had a song stuck in my head this morning. Dancing in the Moonlight. And it was just... I remember, like, in the past, it would get irritating if I had a song in my head. Like, I'd never considered that a fun thing. But this one just dug in, and I was just loving it being there. It felt like it was... um, I don't know. It just felt like it was talking to me. But what it was saying, it was... It was helping me understand like a new little piece because we're we're on the spiritual progression path like we're looking for these you know big leaps or these big mystical breakthroughs and it doesn't always work that way there's like little little pieces of the puzzle that like snap into place and one of them is just the day and the night Like just the cycle of the day and the night. So there's something that happens, you know, you wake up and the way things are going, you know, you're trying to process, you know, what happened the night before, you know, doing your good journaling, getting into your discipline of meditation and dealing with your day and you end up hitting, you know, your high noon time and then you hit your evening time. But by evening time now, I start to feel it. I start to feel it like we're we're so close to once again entering the shadow world. It's almost upon us. And it's just a cycle. Like it's not eagerness, it's not really excitement. It's just it's just coming. And you're in the cycle and I know it and that dawning of the dream world as it as it falls outside as the sun goes down and the moon comes up and literally asks for a dance. And you know your consciousness is going to take a ride. Maybe not the exact ride that you're looking for, maybe not the exact ride of your eagerness, but you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. And what's funny is everybody else does too. But we don't really appreciate this cycle that we're caught in. Like the consciousness is in this beautiful cycle of day and night where you have your consciousness interacting with a three-dimensional realm, but every single night it dimensionally goes somewhere else. (laughs) Dimension is a buzzword for me right now because I... I changed speeds yesterday and I listened to, well, actually, you know, when you play a podcast and then all of a sudden it just kind of plays something in your book. So it just started playing Joe Rogan after a podcast I listened to and it started playing James Fox. Uh, He just had a documentary out on the one in Brazil that happened in 1996. Oh man, I can't remember the title of it. I mean, I'll remember before the end of the podcast, maybe. But the whole show was about the Brazil 1996 encounter. Um, 
but when I watched him and I listened to him, you're talking about the Roswell no, thing. Not Roswell. What this is in Brazil. An alien encounter, yes. though, right? They call it the Brazilian Roswell. Yes, it's a yeah. weird town's name. Um, dude, this is crazy. I've seen this documentary. I'm actually going to look it up just so for the listeners, so I can. Um, uh, I want them to be able to know what we're talking about. James, Fo- moment of contact. Moment of contact, contact yeah. in Virginia, Brazil, or Var- Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, was- um, yeah. So it just started playing. I didn't have any intention to listen into that one, but that I mean, when I hear an interesting guest like that on joe rogan i have to listen there's certain people you, you they just start talking you're like well yeah i'm going to listen to this whole podcast because anytime you talk about right. it because i have questions obviously there's natural skepticism and it's not skepticism that people think it is i'm not i'm not skeptical that we're being visited all the time I'm wondering, you said the word dimension. I'm wondering why the smartest people in the world never talk about other dimensions. When if you just did a few months of meditation and got quiet and just studied the consciousness just a little bit, you understand that there's other dimensions. Dream world and just in its its own, it's not it's not made up stuff. Even the fact that you go somewhere in your dreams and you're not conscious, but you can observe it. Well, that's evidence that there's other dimensions. Even though you're not conscious there, you're still observing something. You're still in another world. The facts of Gaia is that other uh, streaming service. If you ever get if you ever get that one, it has a whole bunch of people who understand there's other dimensions. It's very refreshing to listen to them because maybe I'm talking more about mainstream smart people. You know, there's a lot of intuitively smart people spiritually that if you, if you tune into the right channels, you can hear this type of information, but it's definitely not broadcast on mainstream. Like you're not going to hear anything on that documentary or Joe Rogan. Um, or them talk about, other dimensions that's the problem i get when i go in that direction and it's only because of the 3d physical i i basically say to myself that's impossible like how can that be because you and then in in my brain i'm like well they had to have like came into another dimension by mistake like there has to be a way that you know, when this anomaly does happen, because the witnesses are sincere. I know they believe what they believe. That's not just like Bob Lazar. You know, Bob Lazar, no matter if it's astral or whatever the experience he had, you know, he believes what he's believing he's telling you. It's not really a question of credibility of the person believing that they saw something because you could see a person that's like, they know they saw something. In Brazil, they're so numerous. It's there's so many of them. The I've never seen eyewitnesses 
in in America, it's really watered down. Like if you did a Roswell story, you could tell people would just be trying to like get notoriety or just get on TV. You go to Brazil, it's like these three girls that, you know, their whole life, they had this secret hidden and they have no reason to like, you can just tell that notoriety is not even entering their brain. That's more of like an American thing than it is like other countries. Like they just have like, Hey, you guys want to hear the story? Yeah, this is what happened. And this is, uh, I, I just see a ton of sincerity. So I know that they believe that they saw something. I'm just in my head, you know, of discovering the stuff we stuff discovered the different dimensions that somehow I feel like they end up in, in a different dimension somehow. Um, and that's how these things happen. Um, that's the only way I can explain it to overcome my skepticism because you can't travel in the physical world based on space time like that. Like it's it's impossible right. just based on space time. But we both know when you go out of space time, the consciousness applies to universe law. Universe law has nothing right. to do with space time in this bubble that we're in. When you dream at night, right, you go beyond space time. If you're able to become conscious in that dream world, you're out of space time and you're able to discover consciousness in the infinity of the universe i i get all that so that that's what i when i when i listen to them and when they intrigue me like that i try to i know the facts about you know this physical world so you try to apply well dang how how do they go from this to this you know right yeah it's funny because like when you say the word dream, like literally everybody knows what you're talking about. Everybody has like some idea of dream, like within their own personal experience. And at the same time, if you really start to talk to people and you try to ask them about their dreams, it's very, very common for people to get to the point where they don't remember their dreams at all. That doesn't mean that the concept is foreign to them, though. It just like they just do not remember their dreams at all. But you're talking about like the smartest people, but it's so weird. And for me, it's like a real heavy contrast because I'm not trying to call myself a smart person, but I can remember the way that I thought. And I really was convinced I had it pretty well thought out. And again, it was definitely leaning towards agnostic. But basically, like the smartest people in the world believe that the body is born, the matter is formed, and the consciousness is emergent. The consciousness is emergent from the matter in the brain. Like this is where the consciousness comes from. And when I look at that now, I'm just like, how did I ever even give that any credibility at all? Because it seems so asinine. So now you you get the connection to 
the oneness of the conscious now consciousness now is what you're saying as opposed to like well, the the matter and the form is emergent from the consciousness not the other way around so it's like what came first the chicken or the egg like consciousness was here and that's where matter comes from but what the smart people want to say is matter and evolution that it was born out of that back, yeah single cell organisms and over consciousness time, was born mo- consciousness was born right but is it uh I, I i don't know is it mainstream like like just human in general are they saying that you know a human is born and consciousness grows from that human like physical first and then out of that as the human grows up and matures consciousness is born from that. So you're seeing backwards is that, I mean, all you have to do is look at a baby to understand that concept. I mean, the consciousness, a baby is pure consciousness and the baby doesn't have a, know a clue about how to learn what consciousness is. It just is consciousness. Right. Right. And I mean, you can see the same thing in like the animal kingdom. I mean, there's stuff that you don't relate to, but it's obviously consciousness. Um, but it, you're just, you're talking about like how we view the world, like how we scientifically view the world or how we like materialistically view the world. And there's a lot of like high level intelligent people who are in the camp, just like we were talking about atheists. And it's a hard camp where they seem certain that consciousness is emergent from the matter. And just from what you were, you, it was a great thing you said, like it doesn't really take a whole lot of investigation in terms of quiet meditation to really start breaking through on that intuition. But you take these really smart people, and again, I'm not trying to compare myself to a really smart person, but what I'm saying is I do understand what it feels like to have your brain flooded and not listen to anything else. And I can just see them like spiraling in their own confidence, you know, checking off their dots and crossing the T's and doing the calculations and like not taking a second to just slow down and close their eyes and investigate for themselves. And that materialistic view just grows and grows and grows. And and now there's, you know, dogma within all that. Yeah, the investigation of the consciousness and the investigation of uh, the other dimensions, too, because I, I, in my mind's eye, I just see, like, you know, the diagrams of, you know, the different levels of consciousness. And for some reason, like, we do have a bunch more, like, UFO activity going on, and and nobody really knows the source of it, and no one's ever, even the Brazil thing, we... we they have eyewitnesses and, but there's never really this like smoking gun, like besides the eyewitness, like even these things that they had somehow, they never got a picture of their actual creatures that these people are talking about that doctors worked on. And somehow there's no pictures or, or anything like that. But um, the investigation of other dimensions, like, I feel like I suspect there's like a war going on in other dimensions. And we, 
It's just like Elon Musk. Like you would say he's one of the smartest guys in the world. And all he wants to do is build a bigger and better rocket. That all has to do with time space. Like now, like in this form, wouldn't it be in who knows? He may have a secret department that we don't know about. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't, but all, all he ever tweets about is building a bigger rocket. So, and he doesn't really ever feel ashamed of, of sharing anything he's worked on, working on. So I don't suspect that he is, but you would think that he would have a division that would want to investigate places like Mars with your consciousness, remote viewing, <laughs> astral travel, right. Uh, right. other, other dimensions. So, we're v- being visited by other beings in other dimensions. That's pretty much a, a fact, but nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it doesn't fit in the materialistic paradigm. So, I mean, there's not really, I mean, even us trying to talk about it, I mean, as soon as you start to try to talk about it, it becomes very, very difficult because uh, you got to start moving into concepts where everybody's got to work with their own personal experience. Like that's the only way that you can, um, you know, join the club of meditation or join the club of dream work or join the club of shadow work. I mean, the only way to do it is to do it. And then to do it and turn around and try to talk to other people that aren't doing it. There's definitely, there's something there that can't be bridged yeah. through what we consider normal conversation. That's the difficult part. Cause that's why we yeah. have our little soapbox and maybe it'll hit someone yeah. in the forehead, uh, like an object flying in space. Maybe it won't, but, um, to me, I, You know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's more of that behind closed doors going on than, than I know about, or you know about, or I see, I know there's, there's definitely some secret divisions in the government. I mean, we've, we know that, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, that kind of got off, uh, the rails on that one, but that was the other night, when, the other night when you texted me though, that you were talking about syncing up and a couple of days ago this has never happened before. And I just sent you a text in the morning and said, I was on a train. And then you sent me a text back and was like, I'm on a train. I was on a train last night. And I was like, Oh snap. This is. the beginning." Yeah. And what you were describing going from, you know, town to town and a lot of that, it, it is a lot of venture and it is like going from place to place in those um, type things. But and maybe it's just the fact of, you know, that happening. And now it's really put us in the mindset to sync up. It's almost like something, it's it's a very strong impression. Like, I know that you were on a train right. and I was on a train. And like, we both perceive that as fact. So it's like this right. massive impression that gives us a lot of momentum. And now with the dream last night, we're starting to see it more and more. Right. And then, cause yeah, you, for me, you can intellectually like start kicking it around. Like, 
Like, are we sure we're on the same train? But then it's like there's that inner voice. It's like in that realm, if I'm on a train and you're on a train, like it's so close. It's so close. Like the sync is is definitely happening. And um, yeah, my mind can play tricks on me afterwards. But yeah, it's definitely pieces are falling in that direction. And there's, there's no doubt. I mean, the last night was even worse i thought where i i just had this um very strong pull i mean i had this huge synchronistic moment in a dream which is weird by the way because it's it's pulling consciousness in so i mean you're you're witnessing fluctuations of consciousness in terms of it getting stronger. I mean, it's not what I would consider, you know, success as far as like lucidity, but it's de- the consciousness is fluctuating and it's fluctuating because of a synchronicity and the whole synchronicity completely revolves around a putter, a golfing putter. And then <laughs> I text you and you were like, I had this whole thing where I was making a long putt. And so it's so it's it's so synchronized right now it's fun it's yeah that was pretty uh, i don't think i told you this but on that first one on the train mason was um on that train and um what's interesting is his face changed as well like it was mason at one time and then another time it was um another kid his age but it wasn't it wasn't Mason, um, but it was another boy. And so, you know, on the train, you have the open doors. You're watching people in the movie. You can see them. So it was like an open door train, and me or, me and you were in there. And then there was like this let down to the ground. So Mason walked out and like, like a lift gate. He walked out, and he was standing right next to the ground. So you can see like the ground moving by really fast. So he's right there and he just like steps off and me and you were like, but he didn't tumble or anything. He just stepped off. There was no balance issue with it. Um, it just stepped off. And then me and you were like contemplating who was going to jump off. But at like 45, 55 miles an hour, we're talking like we're going to do a body roll here <laughs> and it's going to hurt really bad. And, and, then you're also contemplating like the longer we wait to make this decision is the further back that Mason is going to be. And it was, it was a weird decision that we were making. Now looking back was was like, were we going on a mission to where Mason was like, screw this. You guys are on your own. I'm not right. I'm not on this train anymore. He hasn't been here as long. He's not as conditioned to gravity as we are. um but the fact that i remember you on the train too and then you said you were on a train was that's pretty outstanding i got some places i've been to many many times so some of these real famous places that i've been to like the treehouse with the third level i mean that'll be pretty crazy if you're ever there with me and that's the one that stands out to me as like um there's no door in my dreams more scarier than that door. 
And I really want to know what's yeah. behind it. And when I say scary, it's like when I think about it now in the dream, it's like terrifying. It's like terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, that's, Oh, and that, then I don't know if it was the train night, but I, I found this door and there was nothing else but the door and the door was open to another dimension. The door was open. And you know, you, you know why I couldn't go through that door. I'll tell you exactly why I couldn't go through that door because what? I wasn't conscious. Oh I, yeah. I, so imagine you're, Imagine you're trying to go through something with all your will and you can't do it. The door was waiting for me to become conscious. So you know how when you're trying really hard, like you're falling asleep, you're you're looking, you know, for me, I'm looking at, you know, down the barrel of my nose. I'm concentrating on consciousness. I'm I'm concentrating on feeling my body fall asleep, but maintaining consciousness. In that moment, when I know I'm asleep, I'm trying to will myself to consciousness because that's the only way I can go through the damn door. I saw right. all that. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Makes but it's sense. like you push it with all your might. Like some asleep person is like, I want to get through that door. I want to go through that door like Disney World's on. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because I wasn't conscious. Like an asleep person was just walking in place. It was, it was, it was cool. A lot of stuff is happening like that where I'm like on the brink of consciousness. Like when I told you earlier, when we had that conversation, there's, there's times where I'm like on the brink of conscious, like I'm, it's daring me to become conscious. Like it's presenting itself. Like here it is. Like, become conscious do like here i'm laying it out for you right yeah it's exciting and i mean i i don't in just just that little conversation i mean the amount of impressions and the amount of seeds that are being planted like just through that like just through that momentum and that offering yourself to those experiences. I mean, they're, they're, um, they're huge seeds we're planting and it's just about being patient with it. But I mean, it's, it's, um, <laughs> there, there's so much going on Did there. Did you read that poem yet? I did right before. Yep. I was yep. going to read it to you because that was a synchronistic moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, did he read that or not? No, I did uh, read it. I did read it. It's there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I, it's funny. The fact that there's two of us and we get to just keep bouncing it back off each other. There's just, it seems. And I know we are both just asking so heartfelt just to proceed in that direction. I mean, you mentioned fear with that door. And I know like immediately in my heart, like there's no effort anymore. It's just 
if if it's a door and there's fear, it's like let's so go. this one wasn't fear. This one was just right. unconscious versus become conscious. Oh, you talking about the treehouse? Right. Oh, the treehouse. Right. Yeah, that right. that was a fear. Yep. That's why this one was different because this was just a door that was like if you become conscious, you know you can go through this door. Yeah, I got you. You talking about? Yeah, there's just it's just adventurous. It's right. just like there's just such an adventurous spirit, and I mean, and if if you have if you have some kind of like localized fear, it's like. And I know it's in your heart too. It's like straight to it, straight to it. And it's a, it's just such an adventurous feeling. I mean, it's kind of like what I was talking about in the open, uh, dancing in the moonlight. It's just, sounds like a perfect title. Oh, as that twilight hits, I'm just my, I can just feel my adventure rising and, it's all from like what you were just talking about, all these little things and little new intu- intuitions and uh, little pieces of the puzzle being put together. But it's, there's a lot of forward momentum. So we had a good, good conversation earlier about space time and the expectations of, of the seed planting too, and the timing of things, because, you know, I, I've, I feel victim to the mind. And, you know, I think I even text you one time, like how long is it going to take? Like just and basically to myself too, like how long is this going to take? Like how, like what is going on? Like we're, we're, we're well-intended. We're planting seeds. And I thought we had a great conversation about just reminding ourselves what we already know that planting seeds has nothing to do with time here that we know about the ticking of a clock. It has nothing to do with like our intellectual timing, like what we think we should get something for example, like, you know, just some of the deeper seeds that we planted about astral experiences. We don't, we don't have any idea about the fruition of those seeds. Um, cause it doesn't apply to, to certain universe laws that some things are instantaneous. Um, and some things are, they take longer, but then, when they hit, like you said, you had a very synchronistic dream last night that a lot of the stuff I feel now that, you know, we've kind of like just kind of relaxed a little bit with the word try. And then you all of a sudden you see like, wow, things are like, it's not necessary. I think because we stopped trying, it's like how many seeds have we planted that these things are just going to start compounding themselves. And, you know, a, those types of deeper seeds that we might have planted three months ago or six months ago. But we don't know the timing of the fruition. I mean, it could be some day that you don't meditate at all and you go to bed and you don't try at all. And all of a sudden you have an astral experience where we hook up and we're in the loading program in the matrix. So it's, I think we always look at it sometimes from, or 
the influence of the mind saying, you know, this should have happened sooner or why isn't there more activity because you're so well intended and, and just, you know, boiling down to the, to the mind games that we play is just trick trickery. Like nothing affects universe law and planting seeds. Those are like built in to the place that we're at with the consciousness. The consciousness can ask for something in the correct fashion and it's like you know, like that poem, the claws dig in. You don't know if it comes back now, 10 minutes from now or 10 years from now. But it's coming back like a boomerang at some point. Right. Yeah, it, it turns your life into Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it the, the timing is all just like I was listening to. That's beautiful. Um, Pulp Fiction. It really does. <laughs> yeah. I understand that movie now more than ever. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the um, the Gnostics, one of the uh, Glorian guys was had this beautiful um, depiction of sexual transmutation, and uh, he was relating it to Adam and Eve, and I think you're kind of in the same boat, like the Adam and Eve story. There's just something about the Adam and Eve story that I don't know, speaks to me. And so anytime that somebody's using that to, you know, make a point, there's something about my attention that really holds strong. And he was basically just making the case that like, what if, like, just think about it, like, what if you can reach inside, like, reach inside yourself and grab the apple and pull it out and put it back on the tree? Like, what if? And and how would you know if that's possible? I mean, obviously, it's a challenge. The only way you would ever figure that out is to go right at it. And he said, basically, you would become the tree. But there was another part that was very, very interesting because he said, after the apples on the tree, the snake will come to you once again. So what's the snake? The snake is just temptation. So the temptation, you've already taken the apple, you pulled it out, you put it back on the tree. The snake is coming back again saying, hey, bitch, what about the apple, right? And what if you turn to the snake and say, no, thank you? What if? What if you turn to the snake and say, no, thank you? And then... Their point is that's turning Satan around, sending him in the other direction, and now the energy, because all of these things that we talk about, you have to kind of remember, they're all ways for us to comprehend, but it's all energy. And he's saying if you turn Satan around, you're just left with Lucifer, the light bringer. And the image I got right away, and he helped, he's just like, Lucifer is, the light bringer is the straight path up. 
And as soon as he said that, I went straight back to the Phoenix Reborn. And it was it was just this Pulp Fiction moment. Like, I remember Phoenix Reborn like it was yesterday. But I have no idea what it is, no idea what it meant. Not saying I'm 100% certain what it means now. But when he said that, something clicked in my heart. And it was a total Pulp Fiction moment. Like, oh, that's the Phoenix Reborn. The elevator up is just there right now, ready. All you got to do is figure out a way to get power to it. All you got to do is like plug it in somewhere, give it the energy. And the elevator's going straight up. But it's definitely one of those, exactly what you were saying. And that that's a good one for me. But the, I mean, there's little ones and that's happening all the time where there's just these Pulp Fiction moments where... You don't really understand what's going on while it's happening, but later something hits you and the intuition in your heart clicks and it all makes sense. I've never really understood that movie until now. A lot of stuff just clicked <laughs> with me. There we go. Yeah, that's that's that was a beautiful way of putting it. Um, the Adam and Eve story is super symbolic. The fall of man you know, from, from the very beginning. Um, I think it's symbolic because it just, you know, the fall of man is it's, it's a duplicate story. Like the way the story is told is, you know, that was the first two. And then there's the separation, you know, we have the garden of Eden, you have awakened two awakened people who are just looking at, around like you did like everything's wonderful all love everything's wonderful everything's wonderful but at some point there's a fall and you know i don't know of like sometimes you look at like osho or eckhart tolle and you can't help but kind of put them on this little pedestal just because you don't know if they've ever had one of those falls before uh, because I know I had an awakening and I've had many falls, but there's nothing is ever taken out of me after that experience though. So we were talking earlier, like if you fall a hundred times, it's not going to take the experience out of you or out of your heart or out. Like it's, it's, it's done that that's done. So for me to sit up here as on, on a high horse and say that I haven't had a, a hundred Adam and Eve stories on my journey, you know, I'd just be lying. Like that's that's somehow that's part of the journey is the fall. Somehow, um, I just you know those kind of figures you never hear them really talk about you know them falling um, in that aspect. Um, so it's. But for me, I know I've had a ton of Adam and Eve um, situations. So in that particular subject, I feel like I'm an expert on because what you learn when you when just from spirituality, from an awakened state, and then you know temptation comes in, you fall, and then oh, you fall from that state, and then you're not in the the higher state that you once were, and it's like 
it, like we said, it's like the stock market. It's like a little correction. And then it's like from that experience, you can't help but try to ascend again. It's like, what are you going to do? Start just take the elevator down, keep going down. You already know that leads right. to like craziness. And even if you say, well, I'll just go down for like three or four flights and, and decide how far you want to fall. Like that's cool too. It's just another correction. But I always said to the people that are really close to me that the experiences of I've had, like those, they can never be taken from you and they drive everything that wants to ascend in you after after a, a fall an Adam and Eve story happens. Yeah. And especially like working it, it's nothing ever even happens the way I think it's going to happen either. Like where your strength is and where your will is and like where you think you're going to lose it and what you think is going to be the cause of the fall. It never works that way. Like mine was, you hit those plateaus. So like those progression plateaus Mm -hmm. and some of them, I mean, you can get really, really disconnected because if you, if you're, if you're really doing the work, it's not necessarily, um, it's not rosy work all the time. Like some of the truths that set you free are very, very harsh truths. And, that is specifically, I mean, going back to the Adam and Eve story, I mean, these, these are very relatable to desire. And when you start to really look at like how deep, how deeply permeated desire is in your entire being and how controlled you are by mechanical stimulus all the time and then once you see it in yourself you're also seeing it in others around you so you have this really really detailed vision of the suffering of man and it it gets it it makes you disconnected <laughs> because what everybody does is they learn to enjoy the good moments enjoy the good moments like that's what everybody does like and and your pride kicks in and when you're good at that like i know how to enjoy my good moments i know how to enjoy my friday night i know how to enjoy my breakfast i know you get good at enjoying the good moments and you build pride there but when you're witnessing it all you get to disconnected from that and you don't even really allow yourself to enjoy the good moments because you're just it reminds me of being in my dream where i'm just there as the 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 absolute quiet observer but and that that position is temporary but you hit like long you hit like long strides of that at times and the one that I caught myself in, I wasn't really ready for. Like it just, I felt like it hit me so hard. I felt so disconnected. And the dangerous thought that came in that screwed everything up was, I just want to be normal. 
Oh, wow. I just want to be normal. Yes. And it's like you turn around and like you're frantically swimming in the other direction and swimming in the other direction. And then it's like you stop and it's like, oh, my God. Like there is there is no normal. There is like whatever was there is not even there anymore. And it really is like Morpheus is right in front of you asking you if that's air you're breathing now. And then he just crosses your own again. And you know, like, okay, I got to turn around and go again. There's nowhere to go. I just got to turn around and do it again. And <clears throat> that's the thing that r- really screwed me up. And I mean, it's so funny because you get back and it's like, like justifications. Right. Like, justific like justifications really just i mean you see justifications and it's like oh my god but how are you doing where (laughs) you been i missed you you are so good i see what you're saying and you are 100 correct there's no arguing with you at all gotcha and i i just you greet him like an old brother or something and it's like you're not driving this boat anymore, but I, I understand why I didn't argue with you for 47 years because you're on point. It's, um, it's just, it's so funny to turn around and see those. And then um, you're once, once you confront, you know, old friends like that, I mean, you really, you're just in this position of, there's not really anything to do. I mean, it's just, it's, it goes to actually what we were talking about before. I mean, all these seeds are planted. And so it's, it's a couple of days out of that and everything just starts to cradle you and comfort you and let you know it's okay and basically just start rolling the ball and back to in the ascending direction. And there's, but that with no effort whatsoever. And then, so it's like, there's no, there's no stopping the momentum. There's no getting off the ride, not with the experience that um, is on the table. Yeah. So I just want to be normal that, that that is such a beautiful serpent story yeah. because that it sounds really bad for you know to label <laughs> this but we're dissecting it to a level of seeing that thought which is it's kind of crazy in itself but i totally get it i just want to be normal like that that mind suggestion doesn't even exist it yeah. doesn't even exist. Like, I just want to be normal. But it gave right. you a, a time capsule of justification, right. which, I mean, you just beautifully put that. And then when it's – the reason I say that, because whenever that's done, it's it's just that time-space bubble is done. Like It's, it's so done. funny because – 
the justification just because you'll get a kick out of it why why i i felt so warm to him the justification was if you're gonna fall you might as well make a weekend of it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I just, That's that funny. guy, I was just, I don't know. I just felt so close to him. Like, I just felt so close to him. <laughs> you are beautiful. <laughs> you are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's, uh, I, yeah, I, those, those have been happening to me over the course of my whole spiritual life. So when me and you hooked up as far as, you know, this spiritual brother thing that we got going, going on. Um, that probably would have been my life, you know, till the day I die knowing who I am to a, to a certain degree and having that seed, you know, unfold itself. I say that, but you know, that who am I seed is pretty strong. So something might've slapped me pretty hard. Um, but, lost my train of thought having that it's funny you kicked my train of thought in because you you're talking about that seed and when you say that seed i always especially after you did that poem with the graphic on twitter i see you as a little boy in front of yeah mirror. that's huge that's me and yeah and we've talked about osho challenging people uh to take a better look in the mirror but it's funny. I heard a Gnostic prayer today and it, it brought all that back up again. And it's, it's basically asking you to go in and closely go into your eyes. So into the black of your eyes, close in the mirror mm. and with an open heart, look for the light. With your eyes open. With your eyes open. Okay, that's... Look for the light. And then there's... I'll have to send it to you. There's a whole prayer involved. But when I heard it, I was just like, wow. Like, between your original seed and then Osho saying something and now getting another dose of it from the Gnostic teachings. Mine were in-depth and there were multiple. Like, I had a... I had a question seed that rings in my head today i know i'm luke sarter but who am i and i had all right. and i had other people in my head that then i would look at i was like i know this person is this person i know kane is kane sarter i know this person is this person i know these people have labels but who am i i had this whole rendition and i'd be like say i'm luke sarter that person is that person yeah, I would name them by their first and last name. And then I'd say, but who am I? Knowing that, obviously, I'm in a place where I was named Luke Sarter, but it's nothing but a name. You name your kids so that people can call them. It's very, very profound. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Maybe I did, but I'm saying like, it didn't have anything to do with like brain activity as far as like me, like thinking I was smart. It was all like conscious. It was all like consciousness. That's all it was. It was just, it was wanting to expand. Um, back then 
it was wanting to um just wanting to expand that's the only way i can put it but it wasn't anything intellectual i didn't want to be a part of the intellectual answer to that because i never answered that question never it's just it's just been an ever unfolding type thing because it was a question that couldn't be answered like it was not like I never even contemplated the answer because I knew the answer was like not something that was just going to spew out from my intellect. Yeah, it's funny because I I have something very, very similar that's going on with me right now. But it's it's interesting how it's different and it's the same. But in terms of working with lust and exploring chastity, I mean, you have to kind of come up with a game plan, you know, say you're watching TV and you know, there's the classic smoke and hot babe. Right. So like, what's, what's the, what's the plan in terms of, you know, the impression is coming. I mean, it's not about like sitting there and gawking and lust. I'm talking about like the split second impression, like what's your plan. And it's funny because we were talking about like understanding receiving and understanding projection and understanding the balance of those two things. So these uh, as a meditative state, but also as a, as a state of just managing your projections or I'm sorry, managing your impressions. And I didn't come up with it on my own. There was uh, definitely some teachings involved, but, the flesh, the flesh and the lust, what you do is you just, you age it very, very quickly in the mind's eye. You just age the flesh. And it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust, maggots. Let it all drop. And what are you left with? You're just left with the being. Like you don't even try to answer it, just like you said. But as soon as you do it, you you almost automatically do it to yourself as well. And when I do it, it's so weird because when I try to describe what happened to me at first, I say there was gears and there was machinery and everything was working and it all broke like a monkey wrench and fell to the ground. But when all the metal and the and the matter was on the ground there was still a spirit system functioning. Like that's a hard impression that I always have now of the the machinery falling to the ground and the being still standing. And so you're, when you get good at it, like you're walking around doing that to people, but it's all a, who am I? Like you're, you're not letting the impression determine that interaction. And so what you're doing is instead of receiving the impression, you're, you're taking an active role and you're projecting onto that impression. And how are you reminded to, because the lust will always be a trigger. I mean, the, the beauty of the symmetry of the form of the female is always going to like snap you too. But what's your next move? And then once you start training that, it's it's very, very interesting. But 
there's a secondary intuition that immediately follows and it's your own death so so you're always in that state of here's the snake here's the temptation here is my energy it's either wasted in this moment through sin or it's preserved for progression towards divinity and that there's only one of those answers has anything to do with the being i mean so it, it's such, it's such a clear cut case like once you start breaking it down like that and it's not as if you're answering the question who am i but you do start to take an active role in the question changes a little bit it it really is what is left of me after i'm dead and then what kind of active role can i play in the development of that it's kind of hard to top all that <laughs> jeez <laughs> so what do you think you're just as uh from the conversation earlier do you think you were speaking from your intellect or do you think you're speaking from your being right there it's yeah i guess the only trouble i have is when you try to make it binary when it's like one or the other i just you just explained it's one or the other yeah it's the being has its intuition and the being like has very, very clear understanding. And then if you like, if you start asking questions like what is information and stuff, like (laughs) you're going, you're going to poke, poke the intellect. I'm not trying to poke. I'm what I'm saying is (laughs) that if someone says something and it resonates in your heart, you're speaking from being. And the acceptance of that, it's like your mind has a trigger to say, wait a second, no, 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 that wasn't my being, that was my mind, because my mouth was moving, it was my mind. <laughs> right, um, right. That's just something that um, your mind does, very head, intellect strong, that almost wants to take that glory away from your being in some kind of way or something. I definitely don't question it as much. If I if I say something, I know it's coming from being because it's resonating with me. Like everything you just said, wasn't that resonating with your own ears? Yes. That's being. Yeah, but I mean, everything I said for 47 <laughs> years resonated with my own ears. <laughs> uh, different kind of resonation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've thought I'm brilliant for a really long time. <laughs> uh, 
I should have known you had a lot a plateau last podcast. This jugger's on here like, oh show. He's so freaking calm. He's like he's like he's on the podcast in another dimension. He was meditating like three hours a day. He was like on the podcast. He was a tree. He was speaking as a tree. It's remarkable. I mean it it actually does say like I mean a correction was almost inevitable. Well, yeah, I mean I lost I lost a lot of normality and like the way things happen it's um I can get very very disciplined when I'm at work. So last week I was on vacation, I was on vacation with the kids and so you're you're just out of routine. I wasn't able to meditate the way that I wanted to just because it was really crowded. Like in parts, I trying to be normal hadn't happened yet. But when you're trying to be normal, you're not like meditating in a room with your kids. Especially if you're me, because that's um, it's just a crowded area. And you're just trying not to you're you're trying to be yourself around them, especially in those moments where we're just trying to spend family time. And it's so funny because we went out to dinner and it's you're going to laugh your ass off when you when you figure out like when I wanted to be normal. Like the kid, they went out for ice cream and it, we're in Vermont. And so we're in the original like Ben and Jerry's. It's got like the 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 van wagon. And like I looked over at a sugar cone and like I saw that they had like this coffee toffee ice cream. And I'm just like. I just want to be normal, but it was the ice cream that did it. The ice cream that started it. But like, once it happened, like I couldn't, <laughs> it like permeated everything. It was so funny. It was like just a moment of like, it's, it's really it. It's letting that impression in. Yeah. It, it grows steam. Once you let it in that first yeah. time, you think it's really small and you see it, but as soon as you start to struggle with it, it's the same thing. Like the cigarette smoking, why it's so hard to quit because right. if you let that right. first thought in of, I'm just going to have yes. one, it's over. You're done right. because you may be strong for like one day or two days, but eventually you're going to drive your ass up and get a pack of cigarettes for that one cigarette. And then you're going to start smoking again. But right. yeah, it's a perfect that that's 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 the same scale as what you're talking about. It's yeah. so minute and so it, little, and if you let it in the first time, it just starts manifesting in you. Yeah, and it's it's so I it's and I mean I've been laughing about it since, but I mean all of my all of my defenses were very very specific, like in the lustful direction. So I had like, I had everything shored up like in one direction, but I just, I wasn't ready for, I wasn't ready for that moment or that, and it just dug in so hard and, you know, the kids are there and like, you should have seen the smile on everybody's face when it's like, dad's just going to get an ice cream cone. It's, 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 everybody's seeing you try to be normal. Yeah. And, and so you, you get that feedback from them too. And then it, it, it makes it sound like, you know, um, like you can't relate to your family and stuff. I mean, it, it, it really doesn't work that way. Like everything is, 
everything is working for you as well as long as you can maintain. So there was definitely like some mistakes made, but the way that first impression hit me and the way I let it in and like when I heard that question or that complaint of I just want to be normal, like it was a haymaker. It just, it it hit me so hard and as and as soon as that ball started rolling, that's when the justification kicked in. And like, as soon as that guy, well, you just make a weekend. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. That uh, it, it's really, it's like old friends <laughs> coming back into town or something. <laughs> yeah. That's a beautiful story. I mean, it's one fun. that many can relate to, I'm sure. Oh.